Hey, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Colin. And we are the Fun Sons. In the Slam Dungeon. Hello, Fun Sons in the Slam Dungeon. We're doing the thing again every Monday. This week we got a really big episode for you guys. This week we got Matt from Vox and Hops and Cryptopsy. We did this episode live from True Brewing. We had some people show up. Shout out to those people that showed up and hung out with us. But let's get down to it. Hey, what's up, guys? Fun Sons in the Slam Dungeon here. Colin, where are we? We are True Brewing. That's right. We have a very, very special guest with us. Matt from Cryptopsy and Box and Hops. Good to have you on the show. Oh yeah, guys. Stoked to be here. Stoked to be my very first time at True. Somehow, every time I've come through Denver, I never made my way over here, so I'm very stoked to be here. How many times have you been here? At least four, three or four times. Oh, okay. I think this is the fourth. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> so how's tour been? It's been a crazy ride. It's, it's really cool to be back on the road. We haven't toured since 2019. So uh, if for a moment it was like, is it ever going to come back? Is this ever going to happen again? Fuck COVID. It, it took away, it took some time. We were writing a record at the point, so it took, uh, we were already planning to take some time off because we were touring extensively before that. But then uh, being back on the road right now, it's just really just appreciating it from like the deep down in my heart. Just like, here I am back doing something that I love so much I was gone for so long. Definitely. We're glad shows are back. We're glad you're here. You know, we're coming to the show. So, oh, fucking yeah. we're in uh, of your uh, what is it, 16 years in the band? I have been the vocalist of Cryptopsy for 16 years. Yeah, yeah. Out of the 16 years, any fun memories of Denver that you have in the past? Oh, there's this tap room when we played with Tannable Corpse. There's right across the street, there's this tap room with uh, so many good beers on tap, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. But, but we, we closed the bar. It was a very, very fun night. There's also like an arcade bar. Is it one up? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Right next to it. And then I remember like you like eat something or take a shot of something and it numbs your mouth. Is that something that happens in Denver? I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I've, I've had it before. It's interesting. Huh. It's a fun experience. Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Vox and Hops. Um, what what made you uh, want to start this? I, I needed to have like a my own hustle. Uh, at the time, Ollie had just joined Talent's Capitation. Uh, Chris has his studio that runs full time. He's been doing that for years. And then Flo came and told me that he found a new singer for his new project, Ultimas, and it was David Vincent. So I was like, oh shit. I gotta, I gotta find something to keep myself busy if not I'm gonna be jealous. So I um, listened to a lot of podcasts at that point in my life and I said, you know, I don't think that's that too complicated. I think I can pull this off. I think I can have conversations with people and talk about craft beer, things that I love. Uh, so I started a podcast. I jumped, I uh, interviewed 10 of my friends and I launched with 10 episodes in October of 2018. And I've been running ever since then. The, I'm over, I think I dropped episode 428 this week. Congratulations. Just, just rolling, rolling. It's, um, I actually have an episode with Shane from Wayfair, Wayfinder, sorry, uh, Wayfair, Wayfair. 
Warforged? No, no, Shane, oh. the, the, the bartender. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, coming up next week, so uh, yeah, okay. I love it. Right on. Any favorite guests you've had over the years you've been there? Oh, I love, I love the ones that I can't control. Like uh, <laughs> That just won't shut up. Like George from Cannibal Horse. I've had Corpse Grinder? Yeah. Nice. He, uh, he's very hard to interview because he just talks about whatever he wants. But it's just interesting to have like your whole plan be like thrown out and you just sort of like are along for the ride. I, I thought that was super interesting. Another one would be uh, Lal uh, from Igor. She's not Igor anymore. But uh, she was on her own path, and I was basically just holding her hand and following her throughout the whole podcast. And she talked about whatever she wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've had a couple guests that just won't shut up. <laughs> like you just ask a question, and then you're just like chilling. You know what I mean? Those are my favorite episodes. Like uh, we did um, Ingested. Yeah, yeah. Th- those guys. I think they talked for like half an hour non-stop they I were just them. back and forth yeah. back and forth my, 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 my British brothers I love them. so do we come on yep yep so do we so do we um, were there were there any um, difficulties with starting Fox and Hops like was there like a learning curve for you there definitely or? was it was more of like a a confidence thing of being able to interview someone it's something that you need to learn to do Yes. You, you can't just walk into the room blind. You have to have a plan. Uh, I learned that at the beginning. Uh, I remember sitting down with my first guest, Danny Marino of The Agonist, and he was, I was so nervous. And he was like, Matt, Matt, you've played Vakken. I think you can do this. <laughs> so that was like one aspect of it. Another difficult part would be like the editing and like all that whole side of it. At first, it took me a long time to edit and I was very self-conscious about when I would stutter or stuff like that but now I've just learned over time that if you fuck up and you say something wrong you just take a moment you say it again and then you can edit it super cleanly afterwards and when I realized you could edit at like two times the speed that was like an eye awakening like you're like oh shit I've been wasting so much time (laughs) those things for sure and then like the social media aspect of it trying to promote the episodes adequately keeping the fan base engagement uh, that was a learning curve on that too like what what to post when uh, what content uh, resonates with people so it's something that I'm still learning to, uh, today yeah we're, we're still learning ourselves you know and I just want to real quick say that Vox uh, and Hops uh, definitely inspired this podcast because you know I saw what you were doing and I was like huh Maybe I can maybe I can do a little something, you know. There's enough so, space you know, for all of us, so I'm happy that you started it. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, there, I'm, there needs to be more metal podcasts. Indeed, there there's yeah. there's more and more coming. Um, the issue with podcasts or any project that someone starts is you need to stick with it. It's not going to be successful right away. Yeah, you oh, got to yeah. put the work in. You got to put the hustle in. And you gotta push yourself sometimes, even if you don't want to do things, yes. to get it done. Because your the listeners are waiting for that episode, so you can't be like hit or miss there and then gone. You, you gotta really, really put your focus on getting shit done. Definitely, definitely. And uh, you guys just uh, so stepping back into the music side of things, uh, you guys just released a new album as uh, Gamora Burn. Correct. Congratulations. Tell us a little bit about the recording process for that. Oh, it was horrible. We were uh, we wrote it right as the pandemic was becoming something that people took seriously. 
Uh, we were in a cabin in the woods that whole week when like the, the airports were being shut down, and it was really surreal and like obvious to be in this cabin in the woods. Uh, snow, so much snow everywhere, and then writing like these dark, dark riffs, drinking copious amounts of alcohol, <laughs> and then like waking up and then doing it again for five days while the world was collapsing. That was super weird, and you could feel it on the record. The uh, then there was like a large space of time where we couldn't do anything because in Canada it was extremely rigid with what you could do at that point. We tried to write on Zoom. That fucking sucked. We eventually, Chris, just Chris, our guitarist, producer, just pushed us all to get it finished, and he he did a killer job. For myself, recording vocals was super cool. Uh, I went to his house with my family. He's got a kid. I got young kids. He lives near a, a beach, so we would like in the morning we would track a song. We'd go to the beach, eat lunch, hang out with the kids and the family, go hiking, and then at night track a second song. And I did that for a week, and I love that immersive. Uh, experience because in the past uh, tracking vocals because Chris is a producer we tend to get fit into his off time so he's like he's doing overtime for his own project and it would always end up being like I would go to work do a full day's work and then go and track vocals afterwards so it's not as like uh, immersive and uh, just the experience of being with him the whole time Tracking, hanging with the family, hanging at night, listening to what we did that day—it's an amazing experience. I'm so—I've never been so completely satisfied with my a vocal performance in, in my life because of that experience. It was incredible. It was a great album. Yeah. I plan on picking up a copy of the vinyl tonight. Oh hell yes, we got some. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. in in that in that respect, since you said that recording as Kamara Burns was horrible. Uh, what would you say was the most difficult album to record? Difficult album to record? Yes. For myself, The Unspoken King. I was so not ready. Um, I remember Chris recording with the clean vocals and he had like a, a disgusted look on his face. He was like, yeah, that's good, but he looked like he wanted to He's like, yeah, that's good. He fucking hated it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the hardest. I just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't a death metal vocalist yet, so doing all of the vocals I was doing was something I was used to, but not as intensely as I needed to do the cryptopsy, so I would definitely say that was the worst recording experience in my life. I just, I just wasn't ready. But now, you know, you've learned a lot, you know, you've, you've recorded, you know, Book of Sof Suffering, Tome 1, Tome 2, and uh, as Gamora Burns uh, since that time, so, I mean, you've definitely learned a lot from that. Um, I'm not saying the spoken king, the unspoken king. Sorry, was a bad album. It was, it was, it was different. I listened to it like before the tour, like two, three weeks before we left on tour, and uh, there's some really shitty songs. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're probably sitting there like uh... massive cringe moments, <laughs> massive cringe moments. But it's okay. I, I, I've said it a lot. They're like, had I been given as Gamora Burns to record in 2008 when I recorded The Unspoken King, I wouldn't be ready. I, I had to ferment, to use a, a brewing term, <laughs> into the vocalist that I've become. And I needed to live all these experiences and get all that shit from the fans so that I could uh, I could grow and learn. Uh, I learned by touring with amazing vocalists and picking their brain and watching their techniques. And, 
just just trying stuff out, but um, very very satisfied that despite all the shit the Unspoken King got, I'm happy that it happened because it really paved the path that I'm on. That's good. So then, um, in that sense, uh, what would you say is your favorite song on that record? The Unspoken King. Yeah. I think Bound Dead is probably the closest thing that the band wanted to do on that record, combining the melodic parts with the extreme extremity. It's extreme music, you know, it's, Cryptops is always evolving, always pushing the envelope. They never rested on their laurels. So many bands have just made the same album over and over again. I'm not going to name who, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're and looking at you. They're very, very successful because of that. Cryptops could have just made Nuts and Lyle 1, 2, 3, but they didn't. They went and got a new singer, they did Whisper Supremacy. So the evolution into The Unspoken King um, is really where the band wanted to go. The album is all over the place, but Bound Dead, I feel like it's a song, if I remember correctly, that we actually wrote all together, as opposed to This Is My Song, This Is The Too Many Cooks in the Kitchen on that record, for sure. But Bound Dead sort of encapsulates what the Unspoken King's vibe should be. Gotcha. And, uh, so you guys are currently on the Carnival Carnival Devil Tour. Uh, amazing lineup. What has it been like so far on the first uh, part of the tour? Oh, we've been having so much fun. The vibe is amazing. Um, the first half we had hate out with us. I had never met them before. Very nice Polish Aren't dudes. they? Aren't they? Oh, they're, they're, po they're Polish. Yeah, Polish. Super okay. cool guys. We, we really had a good time with them. Um, Visceral Discords jumped on in San Diego, I want to say, and uh, I love them, they're funny as hell, they put on a great show, oh, yeah. all we do is laugh in the bus the whole fucking time. I love Abysmal Dawn, Charles is the one that signed Cryptops and Nuclear Blast, so I owe him a big love of gratitude for, for taking a chance on us and giving us a record deal after us being independent for so long. Um, I'm drinking a lot of good beer. That's good. That's because, good. Uh, I have a, a podcast about craft beer, so people tend to want to give me beer, and there's been times that I've received like close to a hundred beers in a day. It's it's really out of control, and I like make little four pack care packages for War Fours and Reaping Asmodea because they're not in the bus, but the bus is very well hydrated. Thanks to Vox and Hops and all the Vox and Hops heads out there. Very, very grateful that everyone's bringing out all these tasty brews for us to enjoy. Well, we got a shit ton of beer for Hell you. Hell yes. We got some good stuff. <laughs> we picked out yes. only the best. Hell yes. <laughs> so, um, let's, let's, let's go into Vox and Hops a little bit. Um, what would you say, I, I'm assuming, you know, you've drank a lot of, like, interesting beers over the years because of what would you say is your favorite beer that you drank on that show? On this tour, I, I really enjoyed... On this tour or in, in the podcast? In, in general. Yeah, well, I can talk about... There's a lot of beers, right? So many beers. I've been very lucky to release 80 collabs. Uh, breweries that make beers just for the podcast. I think that's super cool. On this tour, though, I think one of the favorite beers I drank was uh, a true T-R-O-O... Is that NE? Uh, it's from New Jersey. It was a massive IPA. It was, it was fucking delicious. Yeah. So one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite craft beers 
that I've ever drank. Uh, it comes from a brewery called Something, Something Brewing. Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they did a. Uh, it was like a tropical fruit sour IPA, and it also had lactose in it. So you got all of these like tropical fruits, a little bit of lactose, and it's an IPA. I shoot you not, that was the best beer I have ever had, and they don't they don't brew it anymore. That's it. No, they, they give it to you, they take it away. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mess with lactose. I don't like lactose in beer. That's fair. That's fair. My vegan, my vegan self. <laughs> so jumping back to the music side of things, uh, you have a bit of a background in the Montreal music scene. Uh, what, what's your experience in that music scene? Any favorite bands you want to give a shout out to? Montreal is a just a wonderful, wonderful place to play extreme music. Uh, where does it come from? I've, I've interviewed a bunch of people this question, and I have like my own answer that I've like learned from everyone. Why is Montreal such a hotbed? And it stems back to, we had these colleges in the 70s called CGEPs, um, which is right before our university. And in the 70s, all the prom bands would tour Quebec playing these CGEPs. So like Yes and uh, bands like that would come to Genesis, would come through and play the CGEPs. So all these young kids are like watching, getting all these massive amounts of progressive music. And at the same time, at the biker bars, there was all the the rock, heavy, heavy rock. So a kid, you know, Piggy from Boybod, that's what he grew up listening to, getting pummeled with, with, with heavy, bluesy rock at the biker bars, and then the progressive stuff at the Sea Gems, and then boom, Boybod. And then from there, it's just like this, this scene of, of helping each other out. It's like a big thing that happens in Montreal is that we are a family. Like right now, like Dom is here playing bass because Cat Ollie's out on tour with Cattle, or he was on a tour with Cattle, he's back home now. And Dom played in The Last Felony, he plays on Ike Dissonance. Um, there's so many amazing bands from Montreal. Uh, Steph, who booked this tour, Continental Touring, used to run a, a, he's a promoter basically back in the day in Montreal, BCI it was called. And he would bring through all the heavy acts at, at the medley. It's like, Montreal is a place that, there's places for kids to play, there's places for people to, to practice, um, and then there's a plethora of shows that are coming, so you're getting exposed to this extreme music, and it, it almost feels like it could be a possibility that I could do that, especially if we have this iconic jam room called City de Mille, and I remember being a kid and jamming there with my band, Three Mile Stream, and walking around and then seeing like Alex O'Byrne from Cryptopsy, seeing Flo and being like, oh shit, you know, like they jam here, they, this is possible, like you can make it at, in Montreal. It's interesting. It's, uh, Montreal's a great place. See, so, since, we're, since we're down here in, you know, the States, you know, we, we hear Canadian bands like, you know, uh, Cryptopsy, uh, Beyond Creation, you know, Arcspire, uh, I think Dyrelect, you know, all those bands, and we're like, what the fuck do they put in the water up there? Like, those guys are I think insane. It's, like a, it's a healthy sense of competition. <laughs> it's, uh, especially back in the day between, like, Gorgon's Cryptopsy Cataclysm, they all jammed in the same building. They could hear each other writing. It was like, everyone's trying to one-up themselves. Let's go it's, a little bit it, faster. It was, it was one of those things where it was like, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, that has morphed into like a much more friendly, let's work together. I love this new mentality that's happening in the music industry and a lot of industries. I'm like, let's work together, let's collaborate. Uh, what's the secret? Oh, you got the secret sauce. Can you help me? And everyone helps each other now. I suppose back in the day, people were a little bit more protective. The old school mentality of like, this is mine, my precious. But it's not like that anymore. I love that. So I, I read an article recently. You, you uh, had a series of children books. I my wife did. My, my wife. Did. My sorry. wife wrote uh, two children's books throughout the pandemic. I was more of like a consultant on it. I work okay. with young children, so uh, she had this idea. And she's been wanting to do it, and it was a, a pleasure to work with her. The artwork is super cool. Uh, this uh, awesome artist, Jeannie Bond, uh, did all the illustrations. Uh, she's hoping to do more, but life is busy. Right. right. We have children. You know, the, the pandemic is over. We're going back we're, to normal. We're a little bit busier, so. Uh, Life is a cycle. We'll get back to it, I think. So, what's awesome? What you should do is you should collaborate with your wife and make a cryptopsy themed children's book, but for adults. Ah, okay. Interesting. Okay, the seed has been planted out. It's in my brain now. I'm giving you ideas. I like it. Yeah, I buy a copy. Sign it for me. I, you got it, buddy. <laughs> Uh, you, uh, going back into the music uh, before Cryptops, you also had another band. Uh, what was it? Was a Three Mile Scream? I read. Correct. Yeah, that was. Um, I come from Two Mountains, which is a small city outside of Montreal, and I played in bands there. But my first like Montreal-based band was Three Mile Scream, and it's all because of Mike Marino. Uh, shout out to Mike Marino. He's our shout out from Audio Technica. He just gave us an endorsement. Love this guy. So I got a phone call. He just like he called me. He found this is back in the day. That's not what you had. He would he would. Mike is a very resourceful man. So he gets my phone and he calls me. Invites me down to jam in Montreal. And, and I that's where I fell into the scene. Was really through that band, playing with uh, a bunch of awesome local people. The scene back then was very tight knit, very cool. We would go to Fofonadectric, which is a the whole scene would be there we'd like we'd be like a hundred people we, we all knew each other just amazing just um, very very lucky that Mike took a chance and called me because I was doing nothing so who knows I might have never never gotten anywhere if it wasn't for that phone call it's always great to have that family like community aspect to it like there really was the, like back then with, with bands like Endas, Invey, Violent Mars, Three Mile Screen, uh, Tantrum all these bands together, we would play shows together all the time, we would promote them, it was awesome. Yeah, we have a lot of similarities with the Denver scene. Pardon? We have a lot of similarities with the Denver That's scene. That's awesome, yeah, yeah, I know, there's so many it's great a, bands. It's a great community here So many too. great bands, yeah. Blood Incantation, so Wayfarer, yes. uh, Chemist, it's, it's fucking awesome. Great of course, Cephala Carnage, yes. you know? Oh, yeah. oh, I should put Leonard on the list. <laughs> So then, how did you join Cryptopsy then? Were you approached or did you I like try out? No, it was uh, Chris is a producer, right? So he's producing Three Mile Scream. And to this day, he loves to show us his new mixes. So 
So that's what he was doing. He was showcasing his latest makes to Flo in the van. And Flo was like, who's this kid singing? It's like, I, he wanted clean vocals and I could do them. Uh, so they asked me and I said, uh, no. <laughs> I said no because I wanted to make it with Three Mile Scream. We had signed a deal, we were starting to tour and I wanted to make it on my own. And then Mike Marino quit Three Mile Scream because he didn't like the direction uh, that we were going in and the amount of touring that we wanted to do or the way that we were touring. So as soon as I hung up the phone with Mike Marino, I picked up the phone, I called Flo back, and I'm like, are you still looking for something? <laughs> and then I went through the process of trying out and got the gig. You got in immediately, or? It took like a month or so, but yeah. Okay. No, so, you guys recently had some uh, issues with the Box Ops, uh Facebook. Is it back up? Or it is not back up yet. I don't know what's going on there. It's uh, sort of hard to handle these things from the road. So I, uh, I think i got to sit down with my laptop and, and look at it. I wrote them. I contacted them. I don't know what's going on. I will continue to use the uh, Box and Hops Thursday, Thursday game on Facebook there. There's almost a thousand people there. So I feel like they'll see the important stuff. I still have Instagram running. End of the day, if I don't have one less thing to do, it might not be a bad thing. So. What what happened with it? Did I don't know. I just one night I woke up one day and it was gone. But apparently, it's happened to a bunch of media sites. So I don't know. We'll find out. Fuck it. Damn Facebook pirates! I I it. I I blame Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Zuckerberg. Get your shit together, boy. So, um, you know, being a vocalist for so long, um, who do you look up to as inspiration? Oh, hell yeah. You know, George, number one, his uh, delivery, the ferocity of it, uh, how clear his, his, his pronunciation is. And plus, you know, he's one of those people that's, he's a teddy bear, but he'll beat the shit out of you if you're not careful. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So he's one for sure. Like his diction, the way that he writes into each delivery is incredible. Uh, Concept-wise, Travis Ryan, I think that he is, is the way his brain works, painting a picture for the band's brand is, is genius. So definitely inspiration on that. Um, that's about it, yeah. I, mean, I try to focus on those. Those two inspirations? Yeah. Right on, right on. Hey, uh, I have another fun question. Uh, so, upon joining Cryptopsy, what was it like deciphering the... the I was the worst. <laughs> I remember calling... Uh, Lord Worm. <laughs> I was learning Abigail, or Defenestration, I can't remember. And I called Alex O'Byrne, who was the guitarist back in the day, and I was like, he doesn't say all this, does he? And he was like, oh no, just make it your own, you'll be okay. But now... Recently, we, we just we played back to the worms because we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Ungentle. I uh, I feel like I've discovered like a, like a like a cryptic key, right? To cite, I am the, he does say it. It's just it's very interesting. So, so I had to go back and relearn some things the right way for this tour which is hard because you once you like memorize something some way to change that memory is very difficult so so like the end of orgiasticus endowment I, I had totally messed up or like just created my own thing but it's completely not that so so i had to relearn it the right way and i, I am doing that now. But 
It took some time because he, 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 he does not enunciate. It's quite a puzzle. <laughs> but he's a brilliant, brilliant lyricist. Agreed. But I mean, you know, if you look at like Lamb of God, like there's no pronunciation there yeah. whatsoever. It could be really it sounds like Jim Carrey's like, impersonation of Dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I, 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 Austin, over here. I, I'm really putting a lot of effort into trying to be understood. It's a, you know, there, there's definitely some like tricks to that pronunciation without actually pronunciating it. You know. Yeah. Well, I think like step one is get the mic out of your mouth. Yes. That's yeah. a habit that, that singers, you know, like, first off, the first bad habit to, to cut that we all do when we start singing for some reason is cut the mic. <laughs> step one, like, don't do that. And then step two is you got to take the mic off your mouth. So that they're, or they're, out of your mouth. And your lips, your lips can actually move and bite into the words. So that's what I've been doing on this tour. It's working well. Gotcha. So. That's no my microphone. I, like, I have my own mic. No, no more sloppy mics. Nobody likes a sloppy mic. Every, all singers, get your own microphone. Don't share the microphones. Yeah, don't, don't even, don't even, don't even use the the uh, the, the venue. Yeah, the house mic. You, you, so we just took a quick little break to take a piss. Beer. We needed more beer. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Went in true. So good. What what beer did you get? Now I'm on the spot. I don't remember. I, uh, Hex, I believe, it was called. It's, okay. uh, it's a mixed culture saison, I believe. Sour with watermelon. I could be completely wrong. The watermelon's there. And it's sour. I know that. It's delicious. So let's let's talk about beer, which sure. we know you're a fan of. Yes, we know. <laughs> Um, what are your favorite beer styles? I, I'm not going to lie, I like hazy IPAs. It's, uh, my beer journey is a very simple one. Uh, I grew up in the mountains, as I mentioned. We drank shit beer to get drunk, as most teenagers do. And, and some adults do. Still do. That's okay. <laughs> uh, when I first moved to Montreal with my wife Jessica, um, I would, there was like a store near my house and I would go pick up a 12 pack because there was, there was like a mixed pack from St. Ambroise, which is a big brewery because of, uh, in Montreal. But in that pack were three apricot ales. And my argument for my wife when I'd walk in with a 12 pack, which is a lot of beer, I'd be like, but, oh no, but I bought it because there's the three beers that you like so I could crush nine beers, you know? In that pack, there was a pale ale, Santa Boss Pale Ale, and it had like a hoppy, it was probably my first experience with hops, and I, I really liked it, it was like soapy, I, I really, really liked that beer, and then from then, it just kept jumping to, what else is like this, what, what, what's going on here? It's the same way like when you discover like extreme music, you just want more and more of it, so the next big beer in my life would be the Yakima IPA, which is from Le Castel. Uh, it was, I, I bought it because I was on a health kick at that moment, and it was bio. And I, there was a moment like when it was bio, it was good for me. So, so I bought this beer, and I, I freaking loved it. It was a much more like East, a West Coast IPA style, very residuous, um, yet super like lemony and juicy. And then from there, 
it just became like, what now? What's next? What's next? And I, there's a lot of really good beer stores near my house, and I would just go there and try stuff and drink. I really fell in love with hazy IPAs. They're, they're juicy. They go down nice and easy. But from there, now that I'm getting a bit more mature, I'm falling back into lagers. Loving just like a nice, clean, crisp lager. That just goes down like water. I love it. I love it. Low ABV. I'm, I'm more leaning towards beers that are under 6% so that I can taste a bunch of them without feeling too horribly the day after. <laughs> uh, I went through a little stout, but like I don't drink stouts that often because they hurt too much the next day. Uh, I do like sours, though, which is another thing. But you can only have one or two without uh, singing tonight. I'll have, like, heartburn, and that, I don't want that. So yeah. I'll have this one, and then I'll probably fall back into lager. <laughs> Speaking of uh, lagers and whatnot, uh, we, we got Cryptopsy a good amount of beer for that. We did. Hell yes, thank we you, did. Guys. Of course, of course. Hell Should yes. we go through uh, the, what, the list of what we got? I don't remember what I bought. Oh, I, 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 I can give a couple of examples, but I, I got a four tall boys of a skinless black sky beer. So, have you ever heard of the band Skinless? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's their beer that was brewed here in Colorado at Black Sky Brewery. Sick. So, I like collabs, you know that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I also got a couple of tall boys, or a couple of uh, like, crawlers for Black Sky, too. So, some solid tall beers. Hell yes. Thank you guys. Yeah, the bus, of course. Yep. The bus will be very grateful. The bus yep. is very thirsty. This one is George like to drink some good beers too, so we would have a good night. Yeah, you guys are definitely gonna we, enjoy the finest of Denver. Hell yeah. Let's let's say this. We hope you guys are thirsty. Yep. We're always thirsty. <laughs> always. So kind of last night. <laughs> Was it dry last night? We had a day off yesterday, so oh, we, we, oh. we enjoyed. You need some beer. We, we, the, the bus is a bit emptier than it was two days ago. Oh shit, we gotta get restocking for it. So, going back on beer journeys, um, I remember uh, my dad, when I was like 15 or so, he's like, oh, you wanna drink beer? Like, let's drink some beer. I'm like, okay, cool. So, he was pouring me shots of Miller Genuine Draft. Oh, yeah. And he would make me do a shot of that, like, every hour on, like, no, every minute on the minute, like, basically, like, every minute, do a shot of It's like a century on thing. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, the fuck are we, why why am I doing shots of beer? It's better than my grandma. My grandmother used to make my sister do shots of uh, the cream, you know, at the, the restaurants there. Like coffee cream? Yes. Okay. It's like it's like microdosing like lactose intolerance. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> my school that your dad exposed you to. My dad never drank. I, I've never drank with my dad. See, see, my dad. He's he's more of a whiskey guy. Okay. So he he uh, he makes his own. Nice. Um, every year um, he does like this uh, cherry pie moonshine. Nice. I'm telling you, you can't taste the alcohol. It's sweet. It, it tastes like cherry pie. That's awesome. Like, you drink it, and you'll be like, holy shit, That's this awesome. is cherry. Yeah. I have such an addictive personality that I can't get into distilling. 
Um, distilling in Quebec right now is, is taking off like crazily. All these gins and whiskeys are coming out. And some of them are pretty goddamn good. Uh, and being like a media person that I am, I could have, you know, get on their lists and get bottles delivered to me every day. But I don't want it in the house, so. Have you ever, have you ever brewed your own beer? I have been at the brews. I, I, I enlist the, the potential and the, the mindsets of very smart people to do all the good work. And then I'll just deal like, like with the branding, uh, the concept behind the beer. I'm more so involved in that, but I've definitely like dredged, I've taken out the, the, the oats there. Like whenever you go to a collab, you, it's like the one thing you do is like you put the oats in, you put the hops in, but not in my house. Like I've had a brewery at lunch times. Just not like a home brew or anything. So I've actually brewed my own, like at home. At home. Um, it was a uh, it was a pale ale, unfiltered. Um, you know, for for my like my, my first time ever doing it, like I've never done it before that. For my first time, it turned out solid. That's awesome. So um, I'm I not, think maybe if I was a bit younger and I was so into it, I would do it. But I, I get so much free beer. <laughs> You're just like I don't need to brew beer. Right. I have so much free beer. I keep my beer at the beer store. I'm not joking. <laughs> I have a good friend named Kevin who runs a beer store called Black Cannon near my house, and my beer is at Black Cannon in the back store, kept cold. Because if, if not, it takes over my whole fridge. It's 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 like an issue. There's no room for food. <laughs> Maybe in the future you might have to open your own brewery. Ah, no, no, no. With I don't such want to, an experience no. It's so intense. We have friends who were with them the other day. It's, funnily enough, uh, our friends in the Sorum Brassatorium, our dudes uh, from Ion Dissidents in the last family, that opened this four years ago. And they are the most popular brewery in Montreal, in Quebec, one of the best in Canada. North America, maybe um, they're killing it, but they all look much older than they did four years ago. I think opening a brewery is not easy. Um, it costs a lot of money, and there's no money in beer, so you have to be real smart about it. Uh, I would not want to own a brewery. No. It's a very difficult market. I, I, I understand. It's very, very, very difficult. And now with the band being back. Running the podcast, I, I have no, I no got free kids. time. I got no, I got no free time. I, I'm like doing another project with another guy, and I literally just don't have time to do it. And I want to do it. You know, it's crazy. But it, it is something on your mind. It's it's on the stove, but it's 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 definitely on that. It's not going room. anywhere though. It's not going anywhere. So kind of going back to uh, you know my my whole brewing process. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of a band called Stages of Decomposition. I have not. So they're they're like a brutal death metal band from uh, California, and they actually flew out uh, on my birthday a few years ago and played a show for my birthday. That's awesome. So Sal, who's like the bassist, vocalist, you know, um, you know, same thing. You know, he's a really big craft beer connoisseur I'd say and uh, you know I was just like yeah man I brewed this in my house you know and he's just like well this is pretty good you know and I was just like okay if Sal said it it's good and it was it was it was solid it was solid unfiltered you know like unfiltered uh, pale ale 
it's awesome. So, and uh, going back to music, uh, what's your vocal warm-up routine like? Uh, I used to do Melissa Cross's Zen of Screaming okay. for like 20 years. Up until recently, I just do nothing. <laughs> I drink beers and I, I'm not sure I do a little bit of like throat singing okay. right before, like about 20 minutes before, and then I'm good to go. So I'm humming into throat singing, and that's it. That's that's literally it. It's a good way to get the diaphragm going. It's just about warming up the muscles and stuff. When you're on tour, you're sort of like you're sort of ready already. It's just a little push. It's like when you haven't done it for a while, you gotta like really get back in shape. Yeah, since you haven't been touring for a while, you know. So, um, I think we're nearing the end of the episode. Uh, got a couple more questions for you. Um, first off, I want to ask you, how long have you been growing your hair? <laughs> Since 2002. Holy shit. Um, I've cut it a few times, but I don't cut it very often. I cut it like, like... Maybe four or five times since 2002, in 20 years. Yeah. So, so probably like trimming it every once in a while. My el- every once in a while I get fed up and I cut it to my elbows, and then all the fans freak out. But it, it grows back pretty quick. The late, the last one when I went to get the haircut was in 2021, I think. Okay. Uh, it's basically back where it was now, but it was so long, and it would take me so long to brush it. It was a pain in the ass. And if I wear a hoodie, I, typically I get a haircut when if I put a hoodie on and my hair is there and I got a little tail, that's when it's time to get a haircut. Yep. <laughs> but the lady that cut my hair in 2021, she thought I was joking. When I like, pulled, she thought I was wearing a wig and I was like fucking with her. <laughs> and then she's cutting it and she's like, this is your hair! <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she, yeah. She was cool. It was nice. Uh, nice little lady here at my house. <laughs> So, we are at the end of the episode. Um, do you want to give any shout-outs to anyone? Or Oh, yeah. Check out the new Cryptopsy. Ask more Burns. Just dropped via nuclear blast. Uh, we're very, very proud of it. You can check out Vox and Hops, voxandhops.com. I drop an episode a week. Uh, I do three seasons a year. Um, check it out. I hang out with metal musicians, talk about their lives and music while sharing Killer Craft beers. Uh, Keep your eye out for uh, the Metal Injection Presents uh, Box and Hops Pit Culture beers that are being released across the states, across Canada, across the world. Uh, there's a few more of those coming up uh, in the next few weeks. And uh, I don't know, just enjoy like Metal and Craft Beer, people. Peace, love, Metal and Craft Beer. Cheers. 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 We'll drink to that, buddy. Well, oh, Matt, yeah. and a huge shout out to True Brewing. Amazing brewing. beer, amazing chicken. This place is the shit. If you live in the Denver area or anywhere close, it is worth the trip. Make drive into your car right to Broadway and get your ass out here. Don't drive. Take the bus. Bike here. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. Uber, yeah. Take an Uber. Uber. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink yes. And drive. Shout you. out. Shout out to True for oh, yeah. for hosting this. That shame. Um, Thank you so much. Man. Matt, thank you so much for being on this. And uh, it is an honor yeah. to be in your presence. Oh, come on. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Matt from Cryptopsy and Vox and Hops. This was a big deal for us. We had some people show up and hang out with us. That was a lot of fun. 
Well, you know, just hanging out, drinking beer with a fucking death metal legend. Like, how could it get any better than that? Next week, we have nothing lined up. Hit us up. We want you on the podcast. Also, this upcoming Saturday, we will be at whatever core in Morefest. We'll have t-shirts, wall flags, limited edition art prints. Come say hi. Buy some merch. Hang out with us. Thanks again for the support. Really means a lot to us. And as always, we'll see you next time.